Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. I am coming to you from the inside of my closet. If you hear whimpering, that's Batman. He is not happy that I'm in the closet at the moment. He was on my lap, but he's very indecisive. So he's just fretting about at the moment. He was in my lap. He got up. He left the closet. So now I have to leave the closet door open just a crack. And he's sitting outside of it just looking through the crack as if I am long gone, never to return to him again. And he's whimpering. So that's the status. I recorded a couple times from my closet. It truly does have the best acoustics. I normally record from my bed, as you know, and that's usually fine. But my brother just got back from, I want to say two months on the East Coast. He was in New Jersey most of the time. And He's staying with me because he gave up his apartment about two months ago before he went back to the East Coast for a bit. And now that he's back, he needs to start looking for a new place to live. And in the meantime, he is crashing with me and he has been coming and going and my other dog, Harley, has been barking. So I just figured let's do it from the closet today. Today is a bit of a mashup of topics because I am solo And rather than doing just one topic, I had posted for questions or topic suggestions, and I chose four that I really, really liked. And some of them are kind of related, but not totally. So it will be a bit of a mashup of of topics, as I said. Before I get into those four, I just have some updates for you guys. First update being... I started therapy again. Yay! If you don't fast forward through my advertisements, you hear me talk about BetterHelp. And I used to use BetterHelp. I would use it here and there to get me through certain situations, but I never really used it on a regular basis. When I was recording my most recent ad, which was, hey, we all go to the gym on a regular basis, or we should, or we want to, to keep our bodies fit, but we never really look at our minds in the same way. And I'm guilty of that as well. If I was going through something like extra hard and I needed someone to talk to and my friends were sick of hearing it, that's when I would start up therapy again and have someone to talk to weekly. And then like once I feel like they walked me through it, I would stop. But that's not what we're supposed to do at the gym to keep our bodies healthy. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't I do this on a weekly basis and just see? I can always get better. And I know there's things that I specifically do want to work on. But what's different this time is that I'm not going through an exceptionally difficult moment in my life where I'm turning to therapy. It's kind of like it's proactive, but it's also like, okay, I've got these residual things that I never fully worked through. So let's just see what we could do here. And this is not an ad, by the way. I'm truly just updating you on this. And it's funny because in the ads, you say you could be matched with a therapist within 48 hours. I was matched within one hour. So I did this a couple nights ago. I signed up and they matched me with my therapist. They emailed me his information. He introduced himself and I was able to pick an appointment online. So I got an appointment for Monday, which is today that you're hearing this. I have my appointment at three o'clock and I chose to do 
a phone call. I don't want to do video. I think texting would be way too tedious for me. So I just did a phone call. That's what I've done in the past with them too. That's what I like. Typically what I'll do is I'll take my phone, I'll get in my car, I'll go for a drive and just park somewhere and do it from the privacy of my car because as a single parent, it's very difficult to get privacy. <laughs> so that's what I'll do. And obviously I'll leave Ivy with my mom or my brother now that he's here. She won't be left alone. But I'm looking forward to that on Monday. What I noticed, which I don't know if this is a new service that they provide or just something that I overlooked before, but they also have group therapy, which I think I remember reading that they implemented this during the pandemic. So it might be somewhat new. And you can like sign up for as many of these group sessions as you want. And they're Zoom. You can choose to keep your camera on or off. I kept mine off and I just put my verse name. And I was in a group with 10 other women. And I don't know that that was on purpose or not. I don't know if they do it specifically, you know, all women, all men. I'm not sure since this was the only one I did, but this happened to be all women. And the group that I chose was surviving trauma. Because one of the things I've realized is as much as I think I've gotten over certain things in my past that were traumatic and I did my best to get over those things in healthy ways. And I did talk, as I said, with therapists here and there. I realize there's still more that needs to be worked out. So group therapy is awesome for so many reasons, even if you don't speak, which I barely did on my first time. But one of the amazing things about it is you kind of realize you're not alone. And in theory, we can say that as many times as we want to everybody. And I can say that to you through the podcast. I'm here for you. You're not alone. I've been there. I've been through a lot of similar situations that you all reach out to me and you've been through it too. But until you're actually in a room or in a Zoom room with people who have been through similar things... And not even similar things, but feeling similar things from the individual things that they've been through, it kind of clicks and you do feel better. And it sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, why would I feel better after hearing all of these people's tragic stories? But you feel a sense of connectedness, which I think is so paramount in healing. We're not allowed to say what we hear. <laughs> and I would love to tell you some of these stories that I heard, believe me. But on one hand, and I hope this doesn't sound shitty to say, but when you hear other things that people have been through, it can put yours into perspective. But on the other hand, the therapist was saying, don't compare your trauma to someone else's trauma because this is, I actually took notes. I'm going to read it to you. She said, don't minimize your your own trauma because it's always in the eye of the beholder. So basically something that I've been through might sound minimal compared to what someone else has gone through, but the body and the mind doesn't know the difference between small trauma or big trauma. It just experiences it the same way. And I thought that was interesting. Moving on from that little update, I received a package in the mail from Australia yesterday and I opened it up. There was a card and there was a wrapped gift in it. And it was a very early birthday gift, but because it was being sent from Australia, the person sending it was told it was going to take a month to get here, but it got here in about a week. I just have to share this with all of you. Basically, as you may know, I have an Instagram group of women that I talk to that I met through podcasting, whether it was back from shenanigans or from Jamie all over. I put a group of women together who at one point were kind of either feeling alone or going through something. They've all reached out to me individually for the most part. 
I got the group going and then there were some more spots left. I think I posted a story. I was like, hey, if anyone wants to join, we have this group of supportive women and we're in this group chat. Let me know if you'd like to be a part of it. And I think a couple people came in from there as well. It makes me want to start a Facebook group, even though I hate Facebook and I don't want to get on Facebook because in Instagram group chats, you're limited to, I believe the number is 32 and I have no idea why it's such a random number, but that's the amount of people that can be on a group chat. And I would love to open it up to more people on one hand, but then on the other hand, I definitely don't want another social media outlet to deal with. So it's a consideration. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if any of you are interested in something like that. So anyway, this group got together behind my back and they knew my birthday was coming up early September. They each recorded video messages to me and they put it on a USB. The girl, Natalie, who I believe spearheaded all of this because she's the one that lives in Australia, but these women live in the US, Canada, two are in Australia. They're all over. And many of them sent in video happy birthday messages to me and it just made me cry because I've never had something like that done for me before. It just meant so much to me. And this particular group of women were the reason Well, most of them, some new ones came in after Jamie all over, but the core group was the reason why I started Jamie all over. And they were asking me to start my own podcast. And it was never really a thought in that way. I know years and years ago, I thought about starting an emo podcast. I even named it in my head. It was called Everyone's a Little Emo. I did two episodes and then I decided nobody would care about emo music the way that I did back This was like six years ago. (laughs) It's definitely having its moment now, but back then it wasn't as big as it is right now. And to wrap this up really quickly, thank you to all of the women for sending that to me. I did not open the gift. I'm going to wait until September, so I have something to look forward to to open. But I did watch the videos and read the card, and it just touched my heart in such a huge, huge way. So thank you guys so much, and thank you all. Anyone who is listening right now, thank you so much for even being here and being part of this community. Moving on before I cry, which brings up my listener of the week and a little story I have to say about that. So her name is Sharon Gregg. She goes by RunnerGirl66 and she sent me a DM. So I'm going to name her listener of the week since I haven't done that in a very long time. And she said, I listened to your podcast. It's okay to not be okay. I just want to thank you for being so open and honest. That's why your podcast is my favorite. Aw. I wish I could speak as eloquently as you do. Well, Sharon, that's just good editing. (laughs) I'm not that eloquent. And then she says, you have made a huge difference in my outlook when you spoke about cows and their babies crying out. It made me decide once and for all to go vegan. Truly. So thank you. I finally get it. That is so amazing. I'm so proud of you. I love getting messages like that about people going vegan. What I told her in response, aside from me being so happy that she went vegan, I said, thank you so much for your feedback on that episode. It was so hard to publish that one. In fact, it got published a day early by mistake. And after I had slept on it, I thought I was going to take it down before I posted it, but it had already posted a day early. As hard as it was, I decided that must be the universe intervening and making me put that episode out. And I have to tell you, so that day I posted, it's not okay to be, or it's okay to be okay. Wait, it's okay to not be okay. I posted that. And when you publish an episode, you schedule when it will go live. I accidentally scheduled it for that night instead of the night after. So for example, I probably put it up on a Saturday and I published it for midnight on Sunday rather than 
midnight on Monday. So the next day, I don't know that it's live yet, and I'm on the phone with Sheena, and I was like, you know, I just recorded an episode that I think I need to take down and start all over, so I'm probably going to be busy all day, like, re-recording. And she's like, why do you want to take it down? And I was just like, I don't know. I was just, like, crying, and I just revealed way too much. I feel so uncomfortable. I can't have that out there. I need to take it down. So as I'm talking to her, I guess I realize that it's currently up, and I was like, oh, my God, wait, it's already up. How did this happen? And she's like, the universe wants you to leave it there. Don't take it down. I was like, you know what? I agree with you. For whatever reason, it's up and it's out in the world already, so I'm just going to leave it. But all the time when I think about that episode, I'm like, I just I want to take it down. It makes me so uncomfortable to be so vulnerable like that in that episode. But I know that's the reason why I need to keep it up. Let's get into those four questions that I received. First one is from Katie H. She says, what advice would you give to a single mom attempting to date for the first time in six years? I have a lot of advice, Katie, actually, and I've made a lot of mistakes. So I'm happy to share them with you and you can avoid them. So the first mistake I made was, I think you guys know, when Ivy was about seven months is when I kicked my fiance out of the house. And I officially became a single mom when she was seven months old. Now, my relationship with my ex is really spotty, like as far as timelines and when we were together and when we weren't, because I do know that at some point, and I want to say around 2015, we tried to reconcile again, which didn't work. I think I started dating when she was a year and, let me think, like a year and three months old, I started dating again. And I met this really sweet guy And I had a warped view of how to go about dating as a single mom because of what transpired with him, which was I was so scared to tell him I had a baby (laughs) that I didn't tell him until our fifth date. It was insane. And I remember our date. It was in Santa Monica on the beach. They had those nights when they would have bands come out and play on the pier. And I was there with my friends. He was there with a couple of his friends. And I pulled him to the side I was like, I have something to tell you. And I told him about Ivy and he was shocked. But he's like, wait, fifth date? You're waiting for the fifth date to tell me? And I was like, yeah, like I was nervous. I don't know how to tell you. His response is what warped what I should do for future people. His response was, well, I'm glad you didn't tell me because it allowed me to get to know you. And maybe I wouldn't have wanted to date someone with a kid had I known from the beginning. Now, he was great. He was like, I'm all in. Like, he was my boyfriend. But as I do with most of the people that I meet, I can't feel anything for them, which is something I will be working on in therapy. But with him, I just I couldn't feel anything. And I ended it. But unfortunately, for a very long time, I was warped with how to go about telling people that I had a child. What added to that, at the time, I was still friends with Chriselle, and she was with Justin at the time. Chriselle Stiles, Justin Hartley, if you don't know. Justin has a daughter. So Chriselle would always tell me, I never pictured myself dating someone who has kids. I would always say no if I knew up front, but I never imagined I would fall in love with Justin and... Now I am going to be a stepmom and I love it and blah, blah, blah. So that also warped my thinking because I was like, okay, so my best friend is saying this. The guy I'm dating is saying this. So it was just ingrained in me. Okay, maybe hold off on telling people I have a child until they get to know me 
and then I'll tell them. So this was kind of like how I would go about it. I wouldn't wait till the fifth date, but I would wait till like maybe like the second or third date. And I do remember like dating as a single parent, I would Google it. I would ask other friends with kids and I would always get different answers. But most people were on the side of tell them right away. I have to now agree. Since I've been doing that, it's so much better. Basically, I will just say to them before we go on a date, I'll be like, just so you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter named Ivy, and I want to be upfront about that before we meet up. Every single time, they'll say something like, that doesn't scare me, that doesn't bother me. No one has been like, oh, that's a deal breaker. Like, no. But if they did, that's fine too. You know, it's just, it's better to be upfront. And that's what I learned. And especially with me, because I don't put her on my social media as a choice and intentionally, because my Instagram account is public. If you saw the DMs that I get, you'd understand why I wouldn't want some of those people who follow me looking at my child. So I have a separate Instagram for her. It's private and it's just for family and friends who I know in person. I'll also put her in my stories just for close friends, but she's not anywhere on my page. And that's a choice that I made. And I don't know if there's ever going to be a time where I think she's old enough and I'll put her on, but I don't really see the benefit of that. I don't see the benefit of strangers looking at my child. (laughs) And people, even friends, say things to me or have said things to me before I explain it to them. They're like, why are you hiding the fact that you're a mom? And it's like, I'm not hiding it. That's the most precious and special thing to me in my entire life. And that's mine. That's not for strangers. It doesn't benefit her or me in any way for strangers to be looking at my child. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to put photos up of us doing all kinds of activities so people think I'm such a great mom. Like the only person whose opinion I care about when it comes to that is Ivy's. So I've made that choice. I don't look down upon anyone who decides to put their kids up if they're public. That's fine too. As a parent, you have that right to make that decision for what's best for you and your family. And whatever you personally think is best, do it. I don't care either way. (laughs) So be upfront before you even go on the date. Don't even wait to be in person because you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste their time. And that's another thing is time is so valuable when you have kids because I don't know what your situation is with as far as do you have a nanny? Do you have a babysitter? Does your ex have a certain amount of time that he will take the kids? Do you have them all the time and barely any help? I don't know your situation, but in the beginning for me, I had no help. So if I did want to go out, I would have to have a babysitter come over. You have to plan it way in advance. And there would be times where people would flake out on me and like I paid for a babysitter. It sucks. So be upfront with people right away and be like, hey, I'm getting a sitter to go out. Just make sure that they know your time is valuable. And then fortunately for me now, my mom has moved here and... She's basically Ivy's nanny. Anytime I want to do something socially, I don't need to schedule it a week in advance. I am so lucky to be able to do that and so grateful that I got a social life back since she's moved here. And it completely changed everything for me because I think that's another thing we need to keep in mind as single parents is that guilt of like, I can't go out. I can't have friends. I can't do this. Or someone's going to think I'm a bad mom because I'm going out with my friends. And where are your kids and all this stuff? In order for us to be balanced and the best parents and best people we can be, we need to still keep our adult lives. We need to still keep our friends. We need to be able to have adult conversations. We need to be able to have fun in that way with going out with our girlfriends or whatever it is or doing our hobbies. So that's another thing I want to stress is to never lose your sense of self. Your mom but your other things as well and don't forget about those other things. It all makes up you as a whole person. Another bit of advice I would give is have a therapist while you're getting back into dating. I did not. And this is where I went wrong because 
when I finally got to the point of introducing Ivy to my ex, Danny, from last year, we decided to go on a trip to Big Bear. And it was an overnight trip. And he was great with her. She was good with him, too. I mean, there was even one part we were shopping in the grocery store. She had forgotten something that she wanted. And he's like, oh, I'll go take her to get it. She held his hand as they went to go get it. And that melted my heart. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Because for me, I, I never saw my daughter like that with somebody. This was the first boyfriend of mine she was meeting. And I had a bit of a breakdown the next day, like when we got back and I dropped him off and I said to Ivy, I'm going to drop you off with grandma because I need to go do something. And the thing that I needed to do was go in my car, go sit by the mountainside and cry because when we were there, we were packing up. Everything had gone well the first day and overnight was fine. The next morning we're packing up and she was just not herself and she threw a boot and she was just giving a little attitude. And she did all of this in front of Danny. Rather than me realizing, hey, this is her first time in this situation. She probably feels she needs attention from me or my attention is going to someone else. She's never seen this happen before. I thought, and this was wrong of me, I thought, oh, Danny is going to think she's too much, which means he's going to think I'm too much which means he's not going to want to handle any of this, which means he's going to leave, which means I don't deserve love. It just snowballed into that, you know? I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to have anyone in my life. And so I go to the car, and I'm crying, and I remember I'm texting Sheena and Brett, and I was like, I have to break up with Danny. I'm going to break up with him. This is me having a kid. is going to be way too much for him. He's not going to be able to handle it. I just need to end it with him. And they're like, stop. No, he's probably not thinking that. Don't worry about it. And they kind of talked me out of breaking up with him. Had I had a therapist to talk to at that time, she would have told me what my therapist ended up telling me after the breakup, which is when I ended up getting one. I'm going out of order with this story, though. I'll get to the therapist in a second. So after I finished talking to my friends and decide, okay, I'm calming down. I'm not breaking up with him. I talked to Danny on the phone and I thought I was being vulnerable and I thought I was showing him that I'm moving past my traumas and moving past my fears by opening up and telling him this. And I said, hey, this is what just happened. I just cried. I just talked to my friends. I almost just broke up with you because I was feeling scared, but I worked through it and I feel a little proud of myself that I worked through it and realized it was my own fears and I'm not going to act on them. And I just wanted to let you know. In my head, <laughs> he would have been like, thank you for telling me. Um, I can trust you more now. Or I thought it was going to be a positive thing. But to him, that was the moment he had doubts about our relationship because to him and from his perspective, he just went on this trip. He just opened himself up to Ivy and the possibility of him becoming a stepfather one day. And like he had all of these amazing thoughts about her and us together. And then here I am pulling the rug out from underneath him being like, I almost just broke up with you after I introduced you to my daughter. So I get it. And I get his perspective and why that would put doubts in his head. But had I had a therapist at that time, she would have told me what she later told me which was, no, Jamie, that was his opportunity to strengthen the trust with you and to say thank you for telling me. And I understand your fears and I'm here to like help you get through them and I'm not going anywhere. And she just basically told me like he had an opportunity there to build more trust with me, but he took it the way that he did, which is fine. But it kind of made me feel like, oh, I guess I shouldn't open up to him 
But really, we want to be with people who we feel like we can open up to them and it's safe. So he and I weren't just ultimately not the right match for each other. So I can't say like if I went back, we should have done these things differently. They didn't work out because they weren't supposed to. But I did learn that if I had a therapist at the time, it would have helped me so much to get through that and to see it from a different perspective that I can see it from now that she had helped me see it that way. And so I think that's just a useful thing to have when you're navigating getting out there and dating for the first time as a single parent. Okay, next question is, it's from Amy D523, and she wants to know about my parenting style. She says, Ivy is such a sweet young girl. That's the best compliment I could ever receive. Obviously, I can't take all the credit for it. She's her own little sweet person that I had nothing to do with. But just recognizing how sweet she is is the nicest thing I could ever hear. So thank you. I don't pretend to be a parenting expert. I am not. But I will tell you my parenting style if you'd like to know. I've never had to punish her or say, like, you're grounded or you have to go to your room for this amount of time. I've never had to do that. Her behavior has never gotten to the point where I needed to do that. And I don't know if part of that has to do with the way I explain things to her, but it's always been just like me and her. We're just this team and we respect each other so much. And I treat her, I don't want to say as an adult, but sometimes and no shade, but if I'm on the playground or whatever or at school, I'll hear other parents talking to their kids like they're dumb little idiots. I treat her with respect and as an individual. The way I speak to her, I explain things. I'll be like, you can't let go of my hand and run out into the street because even though there was no car coming this time, if you do it again, there could be another time that there's a car coming and you might not see it and you can get hit and I don't want anything to happen to you because I love you. And I just will explain things to the very last bit that I could possibly explain them so she understands why she should or shouldn't do certain things and that it has nothing to do with me just like telling her no for no reason. I want her to understand reasoning. And she's not perfect. She has done things where I've had to sit her down and explain to her this is wrong because. But when I'm doing that, I'll also make sure to always say I'm disappointed because I know you're such a good person and you want to do good and you care about others. And even though I'm disappointed, I always love you no matter what. I always love you. And you're the most important thing to me. So I always make sure she understands she has unconditional love no matter what she does. And then I'll find ways to build her confidence because I think that's important. So stupid example. But last night when we were going to the airport to pick up my brother, I said, "Okay, Ivy, I need your help. I need you to find this airline and you need to tell me where to go pull the car in to pick up Uncle John. You have to help me find him. And she goes, I can't do that and I was like yes you can do that and I need your help you can absolutely do that you can read signs tell me which one to go to and she did it it sounds so silly but it's finding little ways to show them that they're capable of things and build their confidence is really really important another thing I do with her is I'm just super affectionate I never had that and that's something I was kind of always missing and it was like so bizarre when I was a child because I remember like even my dad's mother when she would come over she would never hug me and I would remember hearing her say like oh Jamie doesn't like to get hugs I'm a kid I never said that to anybody <laughs> it was just so weird but some people don't give affection we were talking about it on the Vanderpump Rules Party podcast neither one of those girls Holly or Sarah grew up like that either and I think Holly was saying so she purposely is more affectionate with her daughters so I do the same with Ivy I'm always hugging her always kissing her on the head 
head. We hold hands. I just, I think affection is, and being able to show it is, is important. And in return, she's so cute because if I see her with Summer, she's always petting Summer's head or tucking her hair behind her ears. If we're laying in bed watching a movie together, sometimes she'll like play with my hair or just put her arm around me. It's just cute that I see that she is comfortable doing it in return. And then because she is an only child and I always worry that she's lonely, she doesn't have other kids around to grow up with, but I try to make sure to always have my silly side out and be a kid with her. I'm never too serious with her. I let her be a kid and we will do silly things together. And she loves to prank people, which is something I love to do. So I was working in LA and I got back and I went to go pick her up from my mom watching her. And she was like, look what I do to grandma. And so Ivy has my old iPhone to use for like YouTube and stuff, right? So she downloaded an Amazon Fire Stick remote to the iPhone so she can hijack my mom's TV. So from the other room, she can change what's on the TV. My mother was watching something and Ivy changes it to the music video Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. And she can turn the volume all the way up from her little remote as well. So all of a sudden that starts blasting out of my mom's room and Ivy's cracking up. And I thought it was hilarious. And I was cracking it up. I'm like, how do you know this song is funny? How does a nine-year-old know that that's actually hilarious? And I was so proud. <laughs> I, I sent it to my other brother and he goes, I'm so proud. That's called Rick Rolling. And I thought that would die with my internet generation. I never knew this existed, but apparently that music video has one billion views on YouTube because people would do this all the time. Like they would have certain links to click on websites and it would just automatically go into that video and it's called Rick Rolling. I had no idea. But anyway, I encourage her to be silly like that. And I know if that was me doing it, my parents would be like, that's not funny, don't do that. And like just so serious all the time. So I try to not be serious with her all the time. So she has a best friend named Ivanka. We've had several play dates this summer and I get to see the differences between the two of them. And Ivanka will ask for Starbucks coffee or Frappuccinos or soda. And I'm like, you drink these things? And she's like, yeah. So I do have to say Ivy eats very healthy. I don't let her have any caffeine or very limited sugar. She is a vegetarian. She's mostly vegan. I think the only non-vegan thing that she eats would be mozzarella cheese on a pizza if she's not getting vegan pizza. But everything else, it's vegan. She'll have vegan ice cream on occasion for treats. She'll have vegan yogurt, vegan cheese if I make her tacos or burritos, almond milk, and she doesn't eat eggs. So the only non-vegan thing she has is sometimes is mozzarella cheese. And one of my business partners at Sugar Taco, Alicia Silverstone, has raised her son, Bear, as a vegan. And she actually has an article somewhere on the internet saying that she attributes his good behavior and never having to punish him because of his diet. And apparently dairy is one of the worst things. A lot of kids are obviously allergic to it and causes them to be hyperactive or act out. So I'm not saying make your kids vegan or vegetarian. I would never tell anyone to do that. It's completely your decision. I'm just telling you what I do with her and the results that I see from her and her diet. And again, it may not have anything to do with the fact that she doesn't eat meat or dairy. So I'm not even saying like that's why she is so well behaved. But one thing that it does is that it makes her aware of 
the connection. An animal is killed for this food. Usually kids at her age aren't making that connection yet, so it kind of forced her to make that connection right away, which in my mind is a good thing. And she's just overall very compassionate. She'll do things I won't even do. Like if we're walking and there's a snail in the sidewalk path, she'll pick it up and move it to the grass so it doesn't get stepped on. I would never touch a snail, even though I'd want to help it. I just never would, but she does. But she was born a sweetheart. So again, I can't take all the credit for that. She's just an angel. One thing that I do want to do better at, I want to have a sit-down dinner every night, which I'm guilty of not doing with her. That's something my parents did for me. Every night at 5 o'clock, we would all have dinner at the table together. No TVs would be on. No one had cell phones back then. And we would just sit and have dinner together. And I think that's really, really, really important. And I'm failing miserably at that one time it made me feel really bad because she's like mommy can we set the table and sit down and have like a real dinner together and I'm just like oh my god I feel awful because that's something I had every single night and she's viewing that as something special and I need to be able to give that to her every single night so I need to be way way better at that do you guys do that let me know if you're working and or if you're single parents too like how do you manage to schedule that in. I mean, I just have to do it. I just have to figure out how to do it, I'm sure. But anyway, thank you for that question. And honestly, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but I think we'll just end on that because I'm going to save my other two for maybe next week. They were, I want to hear more about your psychic abilities and have you ever made a big life-changing move? Need tips for not getting overwhelmed. I really want to go into both of those, but I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I'm going to save that for next week. I hope you guys have an amazing week. I love you so much, and I'm never going to give you up.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.